yeah. Welcome to episode two. What's your favorite song? I'm your host, David Ashley. And um, this is a conversation podcast where we get into career, life, love, relationships, all that other kind of stuff. But it only starts from this ever so important and impossible question to answer. <laughs> What's your favorite song? Uh, if you're new here, thanks. You know, welcome. Well, what I want you to do um, is go hit that subscribe button. Do that for me now. We don't want you to miss anything we got coming up. All right. Let's go. So, um, welcome. <laughs> well, we're going to get right to it. Listen, I got some notes from, you know, as I rolled out the, the first episode, um, I started to, and listen, my goal was to produce a, a listening experience, right? Mixed with a conversation podcast. So when, as I'm editing the show, all right, so let me, let me go back to the beginning. When I heard that, um, uh, that Spotify was allowing you to use music, music in your podcast. Right. So I was like, oh, my God. So I jumped at the opportunity to, you know, to 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 be able to do that, to put a show together, whatever. Uh, what they really wanted you to do is they use the word podcast, but they really want you to have like a radio show uh, because Amazon, as I found out, uh, shout out to Poe. Poe uh, sent me a link for um, that. Uh, it's that Amazon was trying to do something different. You know, they want you to do a radio show. I think Nicki Minaj is switching over from wherever she had her radio show to this Amazon app, um, which is cool. Like, I really want to do some quiet storm, you know, type type of deal. Shout out to, uh, she may not be listening, but if any of y'all are related to Troy Tyler, and, you know, she on GCI or in Chicago area, she put me to sleep every night you understand me she had the best voice in the world so I'm, I'm gonna i got something like that planned like maybe like a radio a little radio a little nightly radio situation i don't know a couple times a week um but so since that's what they really wanted you to do if you are subscribed to spotify and shout out to all of you who downloaded spotify just to listen to my show man i appreciate y'all like honestly um so those people were hearing 30 second snippets of songs because that's how I, that's how I, you know, that's how I orchestrated the show. I or constructed the show, I constructed the show. And, and listen, I thought 30 seconds was a little long, but they weren't giving me the option to, to, to uh, shorten it. So I was like, all right, whatever. But if you are subscribed, <laughs> if you are subscribed to uh, Spotify, you were getting entire songs. So if I mention TLC, if I mention Guy, if I mention Beastie Boy, they were playing the entire song. So therefore the, the episode was like two hours. And that was not my intent. Um, yeah, that was not my intentions at all. So apologize for that. I really, you know, you wanna put something out there. You want it to be right and um, uh, so anyway, this episode, um, you know, I made a few changes, but this episode is going to be a little, um, little more. We're going, 
anyway, you'll you'll hear it. You'll hear it. So hopefully this works. And uh, if not, you know, we just have to keep it moving. You know, it's about pivoting, man. Adapt or or don't. <laughs> uh, so anyway, today's guest, um, Akamia Deadweiler. Uh, she's an acclaimed author, a TED talker. I'm going to give all of her, you know, accolades beforehand, but real good peoples. Um, you know, we get into a lot of stuff. Um, yeah, man. So also, I, 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 <laughs> I end up like, as I'm listening, I taste my, I taste my mouth a lot. I taste myself a lot. You know, I got to do a, get a few more tools to make sure you don't hear all of the stuff. But, man, I'm, I'm listening to it. I'm like, you know, very critical. I already don't, you know, nobody hate, likes their voice when it's played back to them. But on top of all these other, like, and all the juicy mouthedness, you know, I, forgive me for all of that. So, uh, anyway, here we go. Another long intro, but whatever. If you're here, I appreciate you. Just hit that subscription button, okay? Okay? Thank you. Um, hopefully, I'm helping you get, you know, Monday, you're putting gas in your car. Hopefully, I can help. My goal is to help you, you know, kind of take an hour out of your day and just and just relax and, 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 you know, listen to some insightful, nostalgic shit, you know? So, um, yeah. All right. Let's get it. So welcome, welcome, welcome to the first ever episode of uh, my new podcast called What's Your Favorite Song? Uh, today we have our first guest, you know, um, she, I, I met her out of all places. We're from the same area, but I met her at a Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles here in LA. How wild is that? Um she is an author, a critically acclaimed author, uh, a TED talker, if I'm not mistaken, an event speaker, a multi-passionate creative and an uplifter. And from from what I heard, I haven't really seen any uh, evidence of this. She says she plays basketball. <laughs> I, I may have seen the picture, but we'll get to that later. Um, I introduce to you Akamia Detweiler. Clap, clap for him. Hey, Kami. Hey, David. Thank you for having me. And don't try to front on me on the no. basketball skills <laughs> with your listeners. <laughs> hey, listen, I don't know. So we want to make sure we get things correct, right? We want to get things right. So I want to be in the right. I don't want to be like, oh, she's a hooper. And you'd be like, no, nah, I can't really hoop. No, nah, well, if we're talking in the present tense, you know, I don't want to oh, go. God. God, <laughs> I don't no. want to go that far. <laughs> no, nah, if we're talking in the present tense, then there ain't nothing happening over here either. But um, at one time, you know, at one I did. Time. I played college ball, and I also played a summer semi-pro. So I was all right. Damn, I was like, all right. How how did I know you? Uh, for you know, maybe six, seven years before I knew that that, that and that was. That was offensive to me. Oh, oh. 
Yeah. So it's not something, it wasn't a huge part of my basketball career. So it's not something yeah, I go no, around. No, 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 no. Like you don't sharing. understand. I'm a, I'm a hooper, <laughs> right? So who also played college basketball, a little Juco, a little Juco Ooh, action. Okay, I don't want to okay. hear it. But, but that's a big deal to me for somebody that I know. I don't know. We kind of suppress it since, you know, I don't know. We ain't make it. Like for me, I wanted mm-hmm. to go D1 or at least play, you know, something like that. Me too. So we kind of press it. We downplay it. Be like, ah, I mean, you know, yeah. it's whatever. Because it hurts but, too uh, much. <laughs> I know. I know. And then now, nowadays, literally it hurts too much. Like mm-hmm. I I see the moves. So like your head is like, I still, I jab step. <laughs> but, but, but it's like the body is like, oh, okay, try it, fam. If that's what you want to do. Right, right. I had a job a few years ago and one of my coworkers found out that I played college basketball. So they put me on the company basketball team without, you know, my consent. And then they kind of came after like, we put you on, we need you. I was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, this is going to be all bad. And so I went and yeah, it was awful. I was awful. And then the next day I could barely get out of bed. (laughs) Yeah, that's how it is. Like we have to... We have you to plan ramp up. Yeah. yeah, you have to ramp up because that that could mean like out of commission for three or four days. Exactly. Depending on what exactly. You, tweak, you, you know, a back. Yeah, it. yeah. A back is a little longer than the knee, you know. <laughs> like I tore my ACL twice. So Ooh, playing basketball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it happened once at the end of my freshman year. So then I couldn't play my second college, you know, year in college. Then I had to come back. And I was, you know, a different player by then. Then it happened. Once I, you know, got away, um, transferred to TSU just as a civilian, <laughs> just as a student. Civilian and, life. Uh, yeah, civilian life, you know. Because, <laughs> listen, you you at war. When you're a student athlete, it's, it's a lot, man. You're at yeah, war. Yeah, it's everything. So, yeah. um, so I kind of want to start. How about this? Let's. All right. So when I say we're from the same area, Kami, is it co- okay if I say Kami? Yeah, that's Kami? fine. Okay, that's fine. Okay. We don't want to get to, you know, for me, be like, man, we're professional on the podcast. I'm an author now. I can't be came. No, I have random people calling me by my nickname. No, it's cool. Hilarious. I don't mind. I don't Hilarious. Mind. So we're going to start the episode like we were supposed to start. Listen, it's the first one, okay, y'all? We're getting the kinks out. Don't judge, okay? Um, we're going to get back to all of that. Please know. But right now, we're going to start with, Kami, what's your favorite song? My favorite song, and you know that's an impossible question, right? Oh, yeah. With all the millions of songs (laughs) that are out there. Right, But if I had to choose, my favorite song is Nothing Even Matters by Lauryn Hill and D'Angelo. Now the skies could fall, not even if my boss should call. The world seems so very small. Nothing even matters at all. See nothing even matters. Mm-hmm. That's a mean one. Mm-hmm. Timeless. Timeless. That's a mean one. I heard it. I heard a story about um, they almost didn't record that song because her husband wow. at the time didn't want her singing to a man. Ooh, we yeah, to another one. man. So Ooh. I guess it almost it took a while. Like the actual recording session took mm-hmm. a while. And uh, it, mm. listen, if it's one thing you're going to hear all throughout this thing is it's weird, odd music facts because <laughs> I listen to podcasts. I love and it. And there's nothing I love more than a back scene, <laughs> back, you know, backstage story. Mm-hmm. All I right. So um, and, and part of the reason I want to do this is because 
part of the reason I named it this is because I have a favorite song. My favorite song of all time is Goodbye Love by Guy. Really? And of all yes, time? Of all time. So hmm. people always look like, word? Right. But it's like, I can't help it. Like, it's <laughs> it's been since, you know, 88 or whenever it came out. And once I asked people what their favorite song was, the more they said, just like, you was like, that's impossible. I was just like, wait, wait. So wait, everybody doesn't have an absolute favorite song. So that's why I want to start it like this. Cause I like to kind of explore mm-hmm. those conversations. That's an interesting uh, choice though. And yeah, I, yeah. I know, I know I'm the one answering <laughs> questions, but I would like to know, is that attached to a sentimental moment in your life? I think, man, she's going to put me on the couch. Um, <laughs> Stay cool, David. Ice because cold. Because it's such an interesting choice. I feel like I, it has to be attached to a moment. I, but I would say, aren't all songs? Like, I don't know what year you graduated, but isn't, is you know, it, aren't aren't they all attached to certain moments and, and times in our life? But I, I will tell you this. That summer, I spent a lot of time over my cousin's house and my dad was a DJ and I got a lot of music from him, but my older cousin, she was like, you know, my mom's first cousin, my mom's age. I would mm-hmm. spend, you know, her kids um, were kind of like my brothers and sisters. And mm-hmm. she used to play all that early, you know, New Jack Swing, that Keith Sweat, mm. that that guy, and mm-hmm. all of that. And um, I don't know. I just remember, I remember asking an adult at the time what I was like, why about the song? I said, why? Why are they saying, why is he saying goodbye to her, but he's saying he want to make love with her one more time? Mm-hmm. And I and I can in retrospect, I can see in that I can see that adult who was probably trying to answer that 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 question in their own lives at that time. Uh-huh. <laughs> trying to say this to an eight-year-old child. Mm-hmm. So I you know, they were probably as perplexed as you were. But shout out to guy Teddy Riley. There's a great <laughs> podcast called New Jacked or called Jacked, uh, narrated by Taraji P. Henson, that oh, explains, yeah, explains the beginnings of New Jack Swing and uh, and, and basically how Guy was formed mm-hmm. through, um, what's his name, Tim? And I found out it wasn't even Teddy Riley, like Tim, mm. what's his name? Uh, I forgot his name, but he actually wrote the song, then found Teddy Riley, and then he kind of formed Guy from there. But he only took the picture on the cover of that first album. But he he didn't have anything else to do with it after that. Oh, wow. Oh, no, it's crazy. It's crazy. They jacked, crazy. they jacked him. They they really jacked him. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, right after that, they added, you know what I'm saying, Damian Hall, um, mm. Aaron's brother. And, uh, yeah, yeah, anyway, we're going to get back to the fire. You're trying to, <laughs> you, listen, this is what this is about. We're going to go off on tangents. Mm-hmm. My second question is... Um, Oh, what's the first album that you owned or bought? Okay. So here's the thing. I grew up in a religious household. My grandmother raised me. Yes. So we weren't allowed to listen to secular music. So for a long time, I never even knew that like this other stuff existed. And so, (laughs) right. And so we didn't have, we didn't have money to where, you know, I could just be like, oh, I'm going to go buy this album. And if I would have asked someone to buy an album for me, they wouldn't have. I started learning about, you know, these secular artists from school, you know, from my classmates. 
Wow. If I would have asked someone, if I would have said, hey, I want this album for Christmas, I wouldn't have gotten it because we wow. weren't allowed to listen to secular music. So and they knew have... not to get you that. They exactly. Knew not to get you that. Yeah. Exactly. So I don't have the one album that I got first. What I did is I found out about uh, BMG Music Club. I know you remember <laughs> that. <laughs> the 12 on, CDs, 4 <laughs> Oh, the Columbia House BMG <laughs> game was crazy. All that. Yeah, so if you I say you didn't get your first seat, bunch of CDs off there, you probably <laughs> lying. Or y'all have money. <laughs> right. So I filled out one of those. And so I got 12, like 12 CDs for my first albums. Oh. And what I remember is that I had Whitney Houston, The Bodyguard. Come on. Uh, <laughs> I had Usher My Way. Seven o'clock on the dot. I'm in my drop top. Who's in the streets? Oh, yeah. I got a real pretty, pretty little thing that's waiting for me. I pull up. Come on. Mm-hmm. I had Tupac shed so many, not shed so many tears. Uh, me Against the World was me the album. Me Against the World? Oh, my yeah. God. Back in elementary, thrived on misery. Left me alone, I grew up amongst a dime breed. Inside my mind, couldn't find a place to rest until I got that dug like tatted on my chest. Yeah, me against yeah. the world. And those are the three that I remember and that I used to play the most because I got wow. a stereo, I got a disc man. And so I would just play the stuff. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, especially the Tupac album. <laughs> oh, I was yeah. Like, yeah. What? Like, oh man, <laughs> Tupac had that, me hype. <laughs> Diddy, is that the one with uh, Can I Get Away? So much pressure. Mm -hmm. Can I Get Away, oh, Dear Mama? Get so away, many tears. Mama. That, that's I, a classic. So classic many tears. Like, I, I can't, it, I still have a hard time listening to Dear Mama. Mm -hmm. uh, like when I hear it, I just be like, ah, I can't, I can't hear it without internalizing it. I'm mm -hmm. like, oh, I gotta call mom. Mama, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, that's a, that's such a great experience. You get them CDs in the mail. Right. Oh, right. man, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> um, out of all of those or, you know, those or, you know, whatever albums you kind of got later, what mm -hmm. was um, what's your favorite album? It, it, again, it's like the favorite song. Mm -hmm. But what's your favorite album? If you can pick one, one or two. You know what? My favorite album of all time encompasses my favorite song. It's Lauryn Hill's Miseducation of Lauryn Hill. Yeah, so that's that's my favorite album of all time. It's the one album that I can play front to back without skipping a single song. Wow. There's a couple okay. other ones, but that one definitely. Like, I can never get tired of it. I don't care how long it's been out. I've seen her live when she comes to Vegas. Like, I don't care. Mm, yeah. And yeah, so that's my all-time favorite album. That's beautiful. I have, um, first of all, X Factor is one of my top five songs of all mm -hmm. time. Nobody loves me back. more than me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nobody ever will. Oh mm -hmm. my God. Right. Zion. 
Yeah. So many uh, I used to love him, tell him, even tell like him. the hidden tracks. Tell him yeah. was a hidden track. Tell him was hard. I know I'm a part Like yeah. tell him, yeah. Mm -hmm. Of that's, course, that's, doo wop, that thing. Doo wop, yeah, yeah. Oh, the whole, the even. entire album is just full of classics. Man, I'm gonna tell you, a girl played me one time. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> I just thought about this, <laughs> and I remember we had just kind of like not discovered the song, but it's the song we were kind of singing like all weekend. And she asked me, and this I didn't know. I shouldn't say this. I'm incriminating myself. Here. <laughs> Hey, she gave she she was flirting with me to get a ride back from Indianapolis oh, back to okay. back to I State <laughs> back to I State after the Circle City Classic <laughs> and I got the number and everything <laughs> never heard from her again if you out Aww. there if you out there I forgot your name oh just, David <laughs> just know what I think about you right now you fell um, for the okie doke I fell for the okie doke I'm eighteen I'm like what okay yeah like okay I yeah got you. yeah baby <laughs> I, got I got you, you. I gave baby, you a I got you you know what I mean uh, I can come down to I State and kick it no you can't. <laughs> Right now, you ain't gonna never see me again. You ain't gonna hear me ever again. I literally never saw her again. Oh, <laughs> and she was from the air. Let me stop, man. Hey, whoever you are, <laughs> you bogus right now. Um, yeah, you're getting too well, deep. <laughs> yeah, you're getting too deep. This is, this is about you. Um, so what was your favorite? No, what was your first concert? My very first concert, and it's funny, I just wrote about this. My very mm. first concert was an outdoor music festival at Gilroy Stadium in Gary, Get which, out. yeah, which, you know, is now, you know, it's condemned, it's overrun, it's it's not a place that you can visit now. But back then, Gilroy was probably like one of the nicest areas that we had. And it was an outdoor music festival with TLC. But I was caught up in physical attraction. But to my satisfaction, baby, you're more than just a fake. Stop playing. Mm -hmm. Yo yo. And a couple other people, but those were the biggest names. And so we were like, oh my God, you know, especially being a young girl, like, oh, Shy coming, Shy's oh. coming, you know? <laughs> so oh, those beautiful. were, yeah, those were the three headliners. And I went with my mom and my aunts. I remember I went with my mom and my aunts. And TLC just kind of stole the show, you know, with their energy. And they were so happy and so just, this defiance, this defiance of joy, like I'm going to be happy, I'm going to wear baggy clothes, I'm going to dance, I'm going to move and I don't care, you know, what anybody thinks about it. 
yeah. just that yeah. it was just invigorating to like me personally, my family and just the city since, you know, Gary is a challenging Absolutely. environment. Yeah. Challenging so just, yeah, their energy just completely like I remember to this day, it just invigorated everyone. Like that was the first time I saw like my mom and her sisters dancing and just having fun wow. yeah, and seeming happy. So yeah, that was my very first concert. So let me let me ask how um, how long did it take um, to get out or to a place where you could listen to that music or even when you got the packages from BMG, were you sneaking and hiding? Were you letting somebody else listen <laughs> to them? Like how was that situation? When did you finally get out from under the mm-hmm. the the thumb? I don't know the 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 roof of uh, religiosity. Um, when I moved out, <laughs> when I became an adult and moved out, even I had to sneak and get the CD. So I would send this card and I would get home from school before our mother got home from work. So I would get the mail and the CDs would be in there and I would take them and I, I bought like a CD booklet and I would put them in there and hide them under my bed. And even as late in my life as high school, my mom found them under my bed one day and oh. took them like, oh. and I was just destroyed. Cause I had, this was after years of, you know, putting in different names and addresses. So I could yeah. get these 12 yeah. CDs for them. Cause yeah. you never, you know, bought anymore after that. <laughs> you just yeah. keep recycling. So this was after years of doing this 12 CDs for a penny with different names and emails wow. and addresses okay. and all of that. And so I had built up this collection and I came home and it was gone. And I was kind of like, you know, did you take my CDs? And she was like, yeah, you know, you shouldn't be listening to that kind of stuff. And I was under the impression that she threw them away. Mm. But one day I was in her room doing, looking for something and she wasn't there. And I found that she had just hid them. No. So I took them back. <laughs> <laughs> wow. The defiant was, let's go. Them in a different spot. And she, I don't even think she realized that I had taken them because they were kind of tucked somewhere where, you know, you wouldn't even see it. So it never came up again. But I was, I just remember being like so angry, but that didn't stop until I would say, you know, once I got old enough to where you can't physically come in here and take my stuff, it slowed down, but it was never to a point where like she could come in and I would be like blasting Tupac for everyone to hear or anything like that. Okay. So, I mean, I, I find it fascinating that she didn't throw them out. She just, Me too. Them. just it was like, well, it, you know, it was like, what well, do you feel like she was, I don't know, like torn or thinking about <laughs> giving them back to you one day or, or that's, that's, that's fascinating. I think maybe she didn't want me to listen to them, but I think maybe she had some sense of respect for money that she thought I'd spent on these CDs. Because by this time I did have a job. I was working at Burger King. I had my first job. So maybe she thought I spent my money on these CDs, not knowing about, you know, the whole Columbia House BMG thing. I mean, yeah. I was doing both. So I had yeah. CDs coming like she left did. and right. I was like, what is she doing? That's funny. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. So I think it was maybe some respect for like, well, she spent money. I don't want her listening to this, but I'm just going to, you know, throw it away. Okay. Okay. Wait, which Burger King did you work at? On On 61st and Broadway. No, it was the one in Merrillville. Yeah. Ah, okay. Okay. (laughs) And, um, oh, and what was your best concert? Like the best concert you've been to, your favorite? The best concert I've been to to date, I have to say, is Bruno Mars.
was amazing. And I didn't even expect it. (laughs) I've just gotten to the point where I said, you know what? I can go to, and just, when I say just, I mean, maybe like the last three years where I was like, I can go to a Bruno Mars concert. Now he's got enough hits mm-hmm. that I like where I could enjoy myself mm-hmm. at a Bruno Mars concert. Oh, did you see him there in Vegas? Yeah, I saw him here in Vegas. And you know, this was a few years ago before he even had like all his hits. So I was, I liked Bruno, but I yeah. wasn't like a huge Bruno Mars fan, yeah. but he won me over with his show. Like his mm, okay. energy, yeah, his energy was amazing. He had dancers, he had pyrotechnics, his voice was good. He interacted with ev- just everything. It was what it you was, expect an entertainer to oh, be. That's that's beautiful. He yeah. you know, he he has the ability. One thing I love in concerts is when um the person can kind of flex about their pin and say, mm-hmm. Oh, I did these songs. Bet you didn't know I did these songs. <laughs> right. And he he can do I that because he's written yeah. a few. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um But okay. yeah, he yeah, he was amazing. You know, he had some his bigger hits were out. So I don't want to act like, you know, this was early. Right, right. No, I know what you mean. He yeah. was actually, you know, he had some big hits out, but his show, I was I liked like I said, I liked him, but I wasn't like a diehard fan, but he won me over. And since then there have been a couple of others that rivaled, like Janelle Monet puts on a full mm, Okay. I show. love her, man. Yeah. Okay. Um, and Beyonce, of course. Those oh, yeah. The, yeah, those oh, are the two God. that rival Bruno's show. Oh, but I have to yeah. say, to this day, his show is still my favorite. Okay. Okay. And just let me say this right now. For all the Lauren Hill slander out there, I've been to see her <laughs> twice. And she was on time both times for me. So I don't. <laughs> so shout out to L Boogie, you know. Yeah, you got you that. were you were fortunate because I love Lauren Hill, Lauren Hill dearly, and I will uh-huh. wait however long she makes us wait. And both times we had to wait a little bit. Really? Oh <laughs> yeah. wow. Lauren, Lauren said, I'm saving souls, but you talk about my lateness. Right, I was like, yeah, right. whoa, so wait I'm a minute. Just shut up. Right? Wait a minute. <laughs> Hey, maybe it's something I need to get there. Right. So, um, so Gary, Indiana, just tell me about growing up in mm-hmm. Gary right quick. Well, initially growing up in Gary, we lived in, I started in Terrytown. I don't know if you remember where that is, but, you know, it's kind of where mm-hmm. most of the stuff was happening. And then we moved to Concord which I found out, I didn't know at the time, but I found out from my friends at school that that it was considered the projects. Wow, like they kind okay. of broke my heart, like telling me like, you live in the projects. I was wow. Like, no, I don't, you know, but I was like. <laughs> no, I don't, I live in, no I, no, I don't, I live in the project. Right, <laughs> right, like I was like, what? We live then, you know, it dawned on me like later, like, wow, you know, they're right. But we only stayed there for about a year because it was just too much going too on. Much, just, yeah. yeah, too much violence. Our house ooh. kept getting broken into. And back then, it was, ooh, Gary was yeah. Gary in back yeah. then. Boy. Right, yeah. <laughs> right, get it down. <laughs> Gary was yeah. Gary, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So okay. we couldn't last more than a year there. And we moved back to Terrytown, Glen Park which is what you would consider the nicer area of Mm -hmm. Gary at that time where there was, it's still Gary, but there was just a little less, a little less action. Okay. Okay. And uh, any siblings? I have one brother. He's two years younger than me. Okay. Okay. Um, And 
How, I mean, did you all get along? How was that, you know, little brother? Was he an annoying little brother? Mm -hmm. Like, were you the protective <laughs> big sister? Or were you like, get away from me? Like, how was that? <laughs> no, we were best friends because it was just me and him, you know, most of the time. We lived in California for a year because his father, oh, wow. yeah, his father was in the Navy. So okay. we lived in California where he was stationed. And it was always just me and him, me, him and our mom or me, him and our parents. And then him his father and my mother were divorced. So that's when we moved back to Gary. And okay. we, um, our grandmother basically raised us because my mom, she worked, she was in school and she worked midnights at a truck stop, you know, single mother. Yeah. So um, she didn't have the resources or the time to, she was trying to better herself, you know, to be a better mother for us. So mm -hmm. my grandmother basically raised us. So it was just me, him, me and him and my grandmother most of the time, like my cousins, they all lived with their parents or their mother or some of them moved away with their family. So it was just me and him and we were best friends growing up. I would say I was, I mean, I was kind of a bossy big sister. Like I made him do what I wanted him to do and, wore his clothes and stuff like that. I remember I would, I would shrink his shirts in the dryer. Wow. And he, yeah, and we would fight about that. Well, he That's would be wild. so mad. Yeah. That's wild. But, okay. It wasn't okay. intentional. It wasn't oh, intentional. Oh, quote, unquote. Yeah, quote, okay. Okay. So yeah. what, what, um, what high school did you go to? I don't know if I, I, I ever knew I went to Wallace. You went to Lou Wallace. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Where'd you, you got go? the uh I, oh I went to Hammond High. Hello. Uh oh. Hello. You weren't even in Gary. You Hello. Oh no. No, no, no. <laughs> you know, I got some bad I got some bad and some good uh memories with Lou Wallace. Um <laughs> what was it Terrence and Torrance Hayes? Yeah, did you, did the you know them? Yeah, they the used twins. to know yeah, I mean, you know, what's the name? Ben uh, Soup. Yeah. Was it Soup, Soup or Soup? Yeah, Soup, yeah. Yeah. They beat us in the they beat us in the regionals to go to go on. Yeah, that was my, a good team. That was a good yeah, team. that was they were really good. They yeah, they had really the twins, good. Soup, Ben, they had Tiger, uh, Michael yeah. Bridgman. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was a good team. Yeah, they ain't had nothing coming after that year, but but you know. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And, I think okay. that was the year we went to sectionals in Indianapolis. Yeah. 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 I definitely did. Cause y'all beat us to, to get there. Um, I should end the podcast right there. I'm kind of still, <laughs> still a little mad. I still remember soup tipped it in. Jack came back down. He did the pit, you know, he turned baseline, turned back around, but it was at central hit it off his foot. It went out of bounds and that was it. Then y'all, they, they kind of took it, took it away after that. Heartbreak, oh, man. Yeah. Also Lou Wallace, shout out to uh, Maurice Hogan. Uh, I don't mm -hmm. know if you know him. He was a college teammate of mine my last year at South Suburban. Okay. So, shout out to Reese. He tried to get my jersey because <laughs> I had to give him my jersey. He ended up wearing one of my jerseys because uh, I had to take a year off. But um, mm -hmm. let's see. All right. And and where did, if you want to talk about it, the, the way I met you is is through our dear friend, Asharia Jenkins mm -hmm. at Roscoe's. Mm -hmm. And uh, you, Tamika at Roscoe's, she had told y'all about my Michael Jackson tribute video. Mm -hmm. uh, shout out to Tamika too. <laughs> but um, how, how did you meet, how did you meet Sheree? I met Sheree through Tamika. So at the time, uh, Tamika was dating Sheree's cousin. That's right. Okay. Yeah. And so that's how I met Sheree. And so we were, we, the three of us were, you know, a group of friends, kind of like an extended family, you know, because yeah. she was around all the time because 
her Tamika's boyfriend was around all the time. And then Cherie went off to college, so we didn't see her as much. But when she came home to visit, we would hang out with her. But I met her through Tamika. Yeah. And then when she moved out to L.A., um, she and I started to develop our own, you know, separate friendship. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So she would come out if she came out here for things, you know, we would hang out or I would come to L.A. and hang out with her and visit or and stuff like that. So, but yeah, we met through Tamika because she was dating Cherie's cousin. Okay. Okay. And uh, yeah, our dear free, uh, friend Cherie is, uh, you know, no longer with us, but here in spirit, definitely every single mm-hmm. day. Absolutely. And um, so, <clears throat> so you take me as, oh, okay. So talk to me about your basketball career, high school, like how you got into it. Like what, how, you know, how, how was, how was that? Let's start high school wise. Like how did you, <laughs> did you play from freshman year? Like how did that, how did that come about? You know, what's funny is that, I played, uh, I was more of like, in junior high, I played on like some intramural teams. So like during the summer, my mom would take me down to the Y. Yeah, (laughs) take me down to the YMCA and put me on these recreational teams. And I realized that I liked it. But then when I got to high school, I didn't know anyone because I was living in Terrytown and, you know, the Wallace is in Glen Park. So I got there and I knew like one person. And then I eventually made more friends, but none of them played basketball. So I just kind of forgot about it. And, you know, when you're young, you're just trying to belong. You know, you got your group of friends and you guys do everything together. And I wasn't yet of the mindset where I would have just went out on my own and said, hey, I'm going to play basketball. I did what my friends did. Okay. So I didn't play, but I played like in the driveway with my brother and my cousin all the time. And I used to give them buckets. So I was like, you know, I want to play good. Yeah. <laughs> so I graduated high school and I started at a film school. I started at Columbia College in Chicago. Did not know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I did that for a better year. And I love that, too. Like. If I could go back and do something differently, I might stay at Columbia. But after about a year, I was like, you know, I want to play basketball. I'm pretty good. I want to play in college. So I transferred. mm -hmm, I transferred to Purdue Calumet and decided I was going to walk onto the team. Let's go. Okay. (laughs) And but here's the thing, like me being naive to know, like organized basketball is completely different from playing pickup in the driveway. Right. Right, I didn't right. even make it to the court to show that I could play because I got cut during conditioning. Because no. I could, yeah, I was. We were running and all of this stuff, and I was. I started thinking I had asthma. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, something's wrong. Oh, like, oh that conditioning is a monster. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm walking. You know, I'm walking the last half of the mile, and I'm the last one across the line. And I guess the coach was just like, no, you know, you can't be trying to walk onto the team and you're walking, you know, the mile we're supposed to be running. So he let me go. And I was determined. I was like, you know what? I'm going to get in shape next year. I'm going to make this team. So I started running, you know, and just lifting weights. I got a gym membership and started trying to get in shape. And the next year I tried out and I made it. I even got a scholarship. Yeah, I even got a scholarship that year. Still at Purdue. Mm -hmm, Still at Purdue. I even got a scholarship. Yeah, so I made it, and yeah, that's that's my basketball that's story. Crazy! It was Big Bob Bob Delano. Was he one of the coaches? Not at that time. I can't. I okay. can, that's funny. I can't even remember the coach's name, but it wasn't okay. Bob. It wasn't okay. Bob. Wait, you know Bob? No. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Bob <laughs> is. Uh, he played. He went to Hammer High, 
he also played at Purdue Calumet, but he graduated in 95. So oh, okay. uh, from, from Hammond High, then he went on to play at uh, at Puke, which is now they got bougie on us. It's Purdue Northwest. <laughs> North yeah, North, North Central, Central or something, like, right? Man, that's PUC. That's Purdue Cal. They got, dorm, <laughs> right. they got dorms now. I'm like, man, what? Y'all doing, man? Yeah, yeah, it's wild. It's wild. Um, man, I mean, that. I mean, that takes a, to play competitively, what was it, NAIA? Mm-hmm, was that NAIA. The, mm-hmm. I mean, to play competitively, to make up your mind that you want to do that mm-hmm. is, I mean, I think it's on par with self-publishing, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's on par with, you know, it just takes a mindset that says, hey, I want to do something. I'm going mm-hmm. to do it. Where do you think you got that kind of audacity mm-hmm. from you know what that was a turning point in my life i think that's where i kind of developed it and harnessed it because when i got cut i came home and i was so distraught and i was so upset and i was like you know i don't want to feel this way again and i was like i know i'm good enough if i don't know anything else i know i'm good enough to play basketball i'm playing basketball every day you know and i was like i know i'm good enough to play and it's just something, it just came from within me. I don't even know where it came from because that was wow. the first time, the first time I ever had that much belief and confidence in myself and to say, I'm going to go for this. But once I went for it and got it, it completely changed me and transformed me, you know, and I think changed the trajectory, the trajectory of my life because now I don't feel like there's anything I can't be or do yeah, or have, that's, you know? Man, that's, that's a, I mean, that's a, an example of it. I mean, that's, I, how many people, how many among us can say, you know what, this is what I want to do and actually um, go for it and kind of, cause fear is the great, you know, it's mm-hmm. the great separator, right? Mm-hmm. People who could kind of get around that and mm-hmm. and look at fear as just, you know, uh, mm-hmm. as, as more than an obstacle and just kind of go around it. That's yeah. amazing. Yes, the fear of failure, the fear of rejection. You Absolutely. Know? All of that. So that but even that first season when I did make it, it was still a continual like learning process and continue building me up because I still had never played organized basketball. So I like didn't even know how to check into the game. Right. You know, so I'm going up here. I'm just running in and they were like, wait, wait, wait. And so and the coach is yelling. <laughs> the coach is yelling like you got to go to the table. And so now I'm embarrassed and I'm feeling so vulnerable. But all of that, it kind of broke me down and build me back up stronger i mean imagine whoever the star players were at on the women's team at lou wallace mm-hmm. turning around and saying kami who right she playing she play basketball? right at a not like on per at a college right that's disrespectful <laughs> on behalf right. of all the people who played organizing that's disrespectful um that's remarkable, Kim. You're a remarkable person. I'm not just saying that because oh, I know you. you, but this thank is, you. I did not know this before today. Mm-hmm. I just you. assume I you've been that. playing all of this. And mm-hmm. um, so how did you even get into writing? So like you and like most of us hoopers, I thought I was playing basketball professionally. And so it didn't matter what I majored in. I didn't need to learn any other skills. I was like, I'm playing, I'm going overseas because this was, a little was the WNBA out yet? I think it may have just started. Yeah, they because they it was two of them. It was a W. It was uh it was two of them, right? It was WNBA and it was what WNBA um, or something like that. But the other yeah, one yeah, folded yeah. or something. Yeah, but yeah. Folded so was, into w, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So if it wasn't the WNBA, I said I was going to play overseas, 
and eventually, you know, make my way to the WNBA. So that's all I cared about. Like I hired personal trainers and went to camps and all kinds of stuff. Like I was all in on this who, dream. Who are you? What is <laughs> happening? You're Gary. What, what do you the people in Gary don't do that? Right. right. And, and, and not, not, not because this is not a statement on people from Gary. It's just a statement on the circumstances. Mm-hmm, exactly. So you don't even really know to, to, mm-hmm. to change your trajectory, fail, Mm-hmm. And then try it again mm-hmm. and then say, I'm going to go further. That's Yeah, yeah. But that was a big part of it, too, being on the team and being around people who weren't from Gary and yeah. seeing and traveling with the team and seeing this whole other exposure. world. Exposure. Yeah, exposure yeah. to different things and experiences that kind of show you that there is other stuff out here, you know. And so. Yeah, so I said I'm gonna play professionally. I invested all of these this time and resources into being as good as I could get. And by this time, because I started at Columbia and then I didn't make it the first year and all of this, I came back. I felt like I was the best I'd ever been. And I found out my eligibility had ran out because oh, of those few years that I was in college and I didn't play. Wow. And right, so I was crushed. Like this was gonna be my year, you know. And mm. And so after that is when I found the semi-pro team and I went and it was in Memphis. The league was in Memphis. So I stayed in Memphis for the summer and I had family there. So I was able to stay with like my aunt and I did that. And it was it was cool, but it was kind of an upstart league. So maybe things weren't as together as they should. What was the name of your team? And the semi-pro team? Yeah. Honestly, I don't even remember, David. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like you, I might have like a mental block there. No, I get it. I, I don't remember it. the college coach. I don't remember the, the team. Wow, that must have been a, that wasn't, <laughs> listen, I'm starting to question. I don't know. Hey. <laughs> listen, let's go to, I tried to look some stuff up on Google, couldn't find it, but hey, <laughs> <The> let's see. <laughs> the league was like the Memphis Blue Chips or something like that. But like okay. I said, it was an upstart league. So it was yeah, this yeah. guy who was starting it and it probably went defunct the next season okay. or two. Okay. So that's why you can't find anything. But I, I can pull up some pictures <laughs> if, you're, if you're questioning. Listen, you gave me a picture. I don't know whose body that was. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Listen, you're a forward Stop thinking it. person. You could have put your, you know, Photoshop. So, Stop so, it. Check, so check this out. Um, oh, I'm sorry. The writing. Yeah. So that's after that semi pro stint, I was like, okay, let me figure out what else I like, you know, what else I enjoy, what else I'm good at. Because by this time I was on the other side of my twenties and I was like, okay, I want to start, you know, thinking about life and adulting and get my own place. Cause I was still living with my mom and, and everything. And so I got a job, I graduated college, got a job working for the steel mill in accounting, which the only prerequisite wow. was that you had to have a degree. And so I had a degree. And so I was making decent money, probably the most money of anyone in my family, you know, because it's one of the only places where you can make good money in the city. And they paid for me to go to grad school in grad school. Yeah. And I went to Valpo, majored in sports marketing, which entailed a lot of writing and things like that. And I started to my wheels started turning like, you know, writing is something I've always been interested in and that I. I feel like I'm good at, I was someone that could, if I had a paper due, I could sit up the night before and bang it out for a few hours and get an A plus, you know, writing just always kind of came kind of effortlessly to me. I hate hate y'all people. I hate those kind of people. 
It's a beautiful yeah, talent. Right. And I and I actually enjoyed it. So I started to place my focus there and invest time in that. And it started with um, I was covering the Chicago Bulls for an online site called The Examiner. And then I, I was also covering the Chicago Sky, the WNBA team. And from nice. there, yeah, someone from Yahoo Sports found my writing, reached out to me and asked, so of course I was like, yeah, you know, this is Yahoo. So now I'm getting credentials and going to games and all kind of stuff. And I just Man, loved it. Mm-hmm. And that's what started my writing career. And from there, I just it's I really can't explain it. But I'm sure, you know, when you find something that lights you up, you know, that you're yeah, passionate yeah, about, it's a yeah. feeling like I yeah. really can't describe it. But it's yeah. this feeling you get that, you know, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. This is my yeah. thing. Yeah. And this passion that you don't have for anything else. And so once I started to feel that, I just went full speed ahead and know that, you know, this is what I should be doing. So you're writing for some time. And when is it that you say, you know what, I'm going to write a book? It was after. Okay, it was after my grandmother passed, who I told you raised me. So, yeah. yeah, so it was like my mother. Uh, passing and I had never had anyone who was close to me you know die before she was the first so it really just sent me you know to places I hadn't been before and just expressing those trying to express those emotions and those feelings and I started thinking about our life together and I started writing but more as journaling and I was just kind of like you know what I've experienced a lot even in my young life especially then a unique story, you know, and I was like, I'm going to write a book that talks about my childhood and talks about my grandmother and all of these things. And, but that was kind of what spurred it. Okay. Okay. So then what then made you say, okay, I'm going to self publish (laughs) (laughs) again, audacity. Who do you think Mm -hmm. you are? Right. It's just the easiest way to get your story out there. If you're not an established writer, with a name and a following already like I, at this point it would be much easier for me to get a traditional deal than it was as a first time writer who are you you know what i mean first book yeah. so i was just like no one's going to tell me that i can't tell this story so i wow. just decided to self publish and put the story out there and yeah that it was as simple as that just this feeling like this i'm publishing this book no one's going to stop me no one's going to tell me i can't but I have to do it myself and I just have to do it myself. Mm, okay. And, and could you tell us the name or the title of your first book? The first, my very first book was called life, love and like thereof a story okay. of unbreakable bonds and unbondable breaks, nice. but it's actually, yeah, it's actually out of print now. Um, it was my very first book, but you can't get it anywhere now. You I'm can't thinking, get it, okay. Yeah, you can't get it. I may revamp it later and write it now that I have more life experience to add to it. And I'm also mm. just a much better writer than oh, I was okay. 10, 12 years ago. Listen, listen <laughs> is this why you took it out of Frank? Because like, uh, I, got, I got some short films that I don't really show to anybody <laughs> right. I'm like, oh, wait, I'm a lot better than that as a director right, now. Right. You know? That okay. was part of it. That was part of it. Just reading it was a little cringeworthy for that reason mm, so I'm like ooh, it. you know that was part of it but the other part was that it is very personal where I'm talking about things that happened in my family and you know yeah. family history and it upset some people 
Oh, and initially, okay. and initially, I was like, whatever, I don't care. I'm telling the truth. If you don't like it, da, da, da. because I'm someone who feels like as long as you're telling the truth about me, I'm not yeah. going to get upset. Not you know, yeah. Yeah. yeah, if I did it, I did it. I mean, I'm yeah. sorry. I apologize, but I did it and I won't get upset with you telling. Yeah. But some people do feel like, hey, and I think especially in our culture, we have the attitude like don't keep our business in the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it upset some people. And initially I was like, I don't care. But after a couple of years, I felt that show, that book got me featured on a, um, a Fox television morning show. And wow. it was a catalyst for a lot of things. And a lot of people reached out to me about their own you know, like adolescent struggles and things they had been through. So after a few years, I felt like it had served its purpose. Okay. And okay. also I had grown a little bit and I went back to read it. And I was like, wow, that was kind of brutal mm, like how i said that how yeah said kind it. of harsh how i said it and being and I, yeah being a I better know. writer i could say it better now but yeah, at that okay. time it was just kind of you could so, land yeah. it soft exactly. a little softer and exactly. i mean i guess the the problem in that is like wait wait well this is my story yeah, this is my truth you know what i mean it's yeah. trying to you know hedge your bets between this being my story and there's mm -hmm. somebody else on the other side who may feel the certain yes way, so. yes and i'm you a know. proponent of your truth is your truth i'm not going to apologize for my truth but so it was a lot of things a few things like you said number one the writing could have been better like how you hide your short films you know yeah, <laughs> it's not yeah. something i would want someone to read as an indicator yeah. of you know my writing okay it did upset some people which didn't bother me so much until later when i read it again and i was kind of like well i i could have said that better that was okay. kind of harsh the way that i said the things. way that you said it okay. so all those things combined and i felt like it served its purpose all those things combined and i just decided to take it out of print okay and and uh and the, your second book my second book is called life love and the pursuit of so I had oh, okay. this theme going. Oh, you had. Oh, nice. Nice. OK. Mm -hmm. And was that and did you piggyback off that one or like how was it? Did, did you piggyback off the first book or how? A little bit. I started I started it with talking about the first book and the things that I touched on there and why I took it out of print. So for anyone that had read the first book or even if you hadn't, you could kind of make the connection as to why I'm here now. So I piggyback just saying, you know, what it was about, why I took it out of print and how I've grown. And now this is my perspective, like everything that happens in your life, even the bad things that you consider bad can be used to your advantage. So okay. that was, yeah, it was kind of a different perspective on the same outlook. Okay. And, and your third book? My third book is titled Single That, Dispelling the Top 10 Myths of the Single Woman. And that is the one that has really taken off for me. Um, it's been featured in Cosmopolitan, the New York Post, Bustle. Wow. It got me, yeah, it got me featured in so, on so many podcasts and just different publications. So that's the one. It's an, it's an Amazon number one bestseller, or it has been. It was critically acclaimed by Publishers Weekly. So that's the oh. one that really did. Yeah. Oh. So, I, so let me and, and talk about talk about what um, a little bit about what you wanted to um, the message you wanted to get through in that book. Mm -hmm. I feel like single that is the most necessary thing I've ever written, just because what I really wanted to get across was this this tethering that we have of women to relationship status and defining women by relationship status and oh, making what what is wrong with wanting a relationship nothing nothing at all 
Okay. Nothing at all. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I just wanted to. <laughs> no, but I think that's a misconception that a lot of people have when they see the book. They think I'm encouraging women to be single. I am not. I Nothing is wrong with it being in a relationship. I believe love is beautiful. And I'm very much open to love and relationships. It's the defining yourself by the relationship that I am against to where if you are in a relationship, you feel good about yourself. You're happy. If you're single, you think less of yourself. You think you lessen yourself worth because you tie your sense of self to being in a relationship. Okay. That's the part I'm against because it's harmful to allow your self-esteem and your self-worth to fluctuate up and down based on whether or not you have a partner or whether or not you're with someone. But yeah, I'm a fan of relationships. Is that, and I'm just, okay, I'm just being an advocate here. Mm-hmm. It, it is realizing that you're not in relationships and wanting to be in a relationship and knowing that there are reasons that you're not in a relationship because there's something you need to work on personally, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Would, mm-hmm. Wouldn't, would people like that feel differently when they read your book? Like, isn't that, mm-hmm. is there anything wrong with thinking that, Oh, mm-hmm. I kind of need to fix the way I respond to, mm-hmm. to drama or pressure. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and now I really kind of need to, do that, mm-hmm. and you know, in order to be into a, a mm-hmm. relationship. No, absolutely. I think we all have room to grow, um, whether you're in a relationship or not. You know, we're continually growing and evolving. And oftentimes your relationships might fail or you might not be in relationships because you do need to grow in some area. So I'm okay. not saying that at all. I'm saying making determinations about yourself based solely on the fact based that you're not on a re- in a relationship. Yeah, just okay. using that just using that as the as the eyeglass to determine, you know, the well-being of you and your life and mm-hmm. looking at everything through that lens to determine how you feel about yourself or the type of okay. person you are. So okay. if that's the singular focus, you know, that's where the issue comes in. But absolutely, you know, we can all do work on ourselves. Yeah. And and I'm sure you you were peppered with that question and maybe that has something to do with you know, you deciding to write the book, like, mm-hmm. hey, why, why ain't you in a, is you going to be, shouldn't you be in a relate? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'm, I'm sure that has something to do with it. It did. It did. Because at the time when I started writing the book, I had been single for a few years. And so I was dating and I just started to notice just this kind of stigma that's attached to being single, especially when you're a woman. It's like, mm-hmm. and when you're not in your it's like okay well when you're gonna get married and what's wrong what's wrong with you why aren't you you know your sole purpose is to be doted on by (laughs) some man exactly exactly and i was like i disagree with this all this all this Mm -hmm. anti-male rhetoric going on (laughs) out here (laughs) (laughs) not Um, anti-male not (laughs) (laughs) anti-male i'm sure you know how people we don't read into stuff we just read Mm -hmm. what we like a lot of times we read what what hit us and mm-hmm. what we feel the thing is saying based on, mm-hmm. you know, your level of comprehension. Yeah. And, and I've actually weird. had people who think that's what the book is about before they read it. And then after I'm they sure. read it, yeah, after they read it, they'll come back to me. I've had men reach out to me like, wow, I thought this was going to be another typical like male bashing and I don't need nobody type of book. And they were like, yeah. but after I read it, like, wow, it's not that at all. And so that's yeah. always my thing. Like don't, don't talk to me about it if you haven't read it. Like read, read it, it right. yeah, read right, it right, and right. then read it and then we can talk. 
but it's just but, it was you know. just that yeah but i saw it with and it wasn't just with men it was with men and women like by this time i was getting notoriety as a writer and things like that but when i for example if i went to a networking event and someone would introduce me as like, hey, this is my, my single friend, Akamia. And I'm like, this is a networking mm. event. And you're defining yes. me by it's my uh, single friend. Yeah, not she's my. trying to marry you off at a networking right, event. Right. Uh. But it was just that was just disturbing to me. Like, you don't see me as, hey, this is my accomplished writer friend. Right, right, my right. single friend. And so I wow. think, yeah, the, and, I, and that's where the issue comes in is when you start to define a woman solely by her relationship status or when you do that to yourself so yeah you may need to work on some things but if you judge the quality of your being and your life solely based on your relationship status then i think that's where the problems come in that's great that's great that's great that's great okay so what we're going to do now as we as we close out is um i'm gonna do something i like to call play by ear okay okay and it's just kind of like a lightning round of sorts i'm gonna give you two options Ooh, uh -oh. yeah you're just gonna pick one out of the two options okay, okay. no explanation Gar just pick no explanation just just pick <laughs> gary gary edition okay okay denise williams or reby jackson Denise Williams. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, Shamika call or Diana Taurasi? Diana Taurasi. Ooh, I got beef with you on Me that, too. but we'll go. We'll go. Um, Gino Ariemo or uh, Pat Summit? Ooh. Mm, I know. Gino. I, know. I gotta go with Gino. You going Gino? I, go with Gino. I, got, I got more beef with you. Um, okay, so Single that or life, love, and the pursuit? Single that. Single that. Okay. And um, writing or speaking? Mm, writing. Writing. Okay. And uh, the village of South Lake? <laughs> <laughs> Depends on the year. Right? Depends on the year. Okay. Okay. I'm going to okay. go with I got to go to South Lake. South Lake. Okay. Yeah. And uh, we didn't touch on this right quick, but touch on the speaking part. I'm sorry. I mm -hmm. kind of skipped that part and trying to, mm -hmm. you know, make for time, but speak on, um, just talk on your, your speaking things you've done or, or, you know, kind of mm -hmm. what got into that or where you hope to take it. Yeah. That's kind of speaking has kind of been a byproduct of my writing, but writing will always be my first love. I started speaking at some nonprofit. So I spoke with uh, United Way of Southern Nevada, which I live in Nevada now for everyone listening. Okay. Um, speaking to at-risk youth and underprivileged youth, which was, I really loved because I was that youth, you know, at one point. So I loved that. And then Single That, the book, how I saying it took off and it opened so many doors for me. It kind of opened up this other world of speaking. Like I was um, invited to do a TEDx talk based on the premise of my book and just, nice. yeah. And that was, that's been kind of the epitome of my speaking. And cause then COVID happened, you know, all the speaking opportunities well, and events yeah. shut down. So yes. right now I'm just getting back out there as things start to open back up. Okay. Okay. And just, you know, no, how, 
have you been during all of this, uh, during, you know, the COVID situation and, and masking and vaccines and all this? How mm-hmm. um, just personally, how have you kind of worked your way through this last uh, two years? You know, I've been I've been fortunate I've to have good health and for the people mostly you know that I care about to have good health. Mm-hmm. But the ironic thing is COVID. I released singles that right before COVID happened. And so mm. to the community and doing things were, you know, nullified. But that was my best year ever professionally as far as my writing career. That's wow. When, yeah, that's when the book was selling like crazy. And I was getting invited to do all these podcasts and interviews and features. And I think a lot of that is because because of COVID, I had people's attention. You know, everyone was yeah. forced to stay in the house. And home, yeah. yeah, and so you have people's attention as far instead of, you know, running around and doing a hundred different things. So of course I would rather that to not have happened to us Absolutely. or to our society and the people that we care about. But ironically, it was the best year for me as far as my writing and speaking career. That's amazing. That's amazing. So, okay. Anything you want to, before we go, anything you want to promote uh, your website, more books, like, you know, point people to advice you want to give? <laughs> Not right now. I'm working on my next book, but as aside from that, I say go get single that it's available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble.com, all major online booksellers. You can holler at me at Akamia LD on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And my website is akamiadeadweiler.com. Wow. Okay. Yo, I'm, I just made up my mind. I think we're going to self-publish a book. So I'll definitely be talking to you Do it. Um, about that. And um, listen, Kami, thank you so much. Um, thank you. My first guest, <laughs> my new podcast, What's Your Favorite Song? Thank you. Listen, y'all, we had a half hour, 45 minutes of technical difficulties. So, you know, thank I like to thank Kami for being patient. Yeah, and, well, thank uh, you know, for having me. I feel like we could talk about music all day. So, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Me. And listen, just and I'm gonna say this with a straight face and I'm gonna look right in the camera. Stop ducking me on that court, <laughs> Stop it, David. You know Stop what? Stop ducking me on that court. Okay. How many times have you been here? Look, next look time I see my... you. On what? site. On site. On site. Cami Dewall. Cami Dewalla, y'all. Ain't nobody gonna <laughs> clap. But hey, thank you very much. Thank you. All right, bye. Ooh. <laughs> so that was the first conversation on uh, the first interview on what's your favorite song podcast came here dead Wyler, man, I, you know, somebody for so long and you know, you kind of find out these things about them. Uh, she's a remarkable human being. I, I have to say that. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was a, a good, it was some other stuff that we talked about offline that I wanted to get into, but you know, we didn't have enough time. So, you know, try to, I don't want these podcasts to be an hour and a half long. I was trying to keep it to under an hour between, you know, uh, 40 and 50 minutes, but you know, if it's good, it's good. And hopefully you're still with us. So, um, yeah. So I appreciate you. And, uh, next, um, Something I like to call, um, I haven't got a name for it yet, but we're going to name it later. But it's just a little small music facts, all right? Uh, I, it, there's nothing I love more than a little little small music fact. And um, 
you know, that most people don't know or that, you know, some people know, but it's not widely known. So, uh, so stay tuned for that. So listen, people, next time, uh, I'll have a name for this segment. I don't really know what it's going to be called just yet. Um, give me some, first of all, thank you to everybody who's followed the page What's your favorite song? What's you are favorite song on Instagram? Um, I appreciate you all, man. I just, you know, you know, drop some suggestions, you know, slide in the DMs and drop some suggestions, stuff you, uh, I mean, you ain't gonna rewrite my show now, but you know, <laughs> you know, people be like, this is what I think you should do. And they give a whole, no, just playing. But um, I've had, I've had a lot of good suggestions so far. Um, so, you know, let me know what you think uh, the name of this segment should be. Um, let's see what's going on to, oh, tomorrow. Oh, check it out. So tomorrow I am, y'all know music battling is, is one of my favorite things. Okay. So I will be battling, um, somebody in on, what's the, what's the name of the app? clubhouse and i will be taking it's a 10 song versus battle okay i will be taking um uptown records and my opponent will have bad boy records and uh it's 10 songs you know in the whole room you know they vote for it song by song uh the name of the room is called b-sides uh it's a b-sides music battle and uh so check us out come on out and you know see see uh help your boy out i mean not help me out just come and you know what I'm saying? if you want to vote for whoever you want to vote for just do it um but yeah check it out it's b-size music battle um uh, at Kristen carter i think it's her she's the you know if you follow her or i don't know if you could follow i'm new to b-side so i'm new to uh what you call it um what's the name of the clubhouse period so at Kristen carter um find her on uh find her or b-sides battle on clubhouse um i shall remain victorious i already had a janet versus beyonce battle uh last year <laughs> shout out to brandon y'all cheated me shout out to fram um they listen y'all they wouldn't let me use uh destiny's child for Beyonce's, but I'm like, what y'all doing? So I was cheated. Dave, you cheated me. Brandon, y'all cheated me, Fram. Uh, so anyway, uh, so we about an hour ten right now for this episode. <sighs> Another long episode. We gonna shorten episodes for you. So, but uh, if you still you know tuned in, I appreciate you. So check this out. This week's, um, this week's music fact backstage music fact i don't know i still i gotta figure out a name is about the song wanna be starting something by michael jackson so one thing you know um People who know me know I'm Team Shimon. That was just a bar, really. <laughs> Bars, I just be spilling. But man, listen, man, I am hip hop. I didn't told you already. But man, I'm Team Shimon. 
to this thing blow up. All right. Um, so, but the reason I picked that song is what do you think that song, that, that part is saying? A lot of people say, um, I've been saved by the sound of Michael's song. <laughs> Mama say not to sign with Microsoft. My, that was that was something I thought when I was younger. <laughs> I was like Microsoft. I was like I'm getting the Microsoft. I'm not getting the Apple. This is this is a sign. Um, Mama say Mama say Mama right? Um, and also, did you know that song was recorded? Uh, it was first. It was give, It was written for Latoya Jackson for Big Sis. Um, then Michael recorded it for Off the Wall, and I guess that you know they felt like uh, Quincy and them felt like it didn't fit Off the Wall, so uh, you know they saved it and you know recorded it again for uh, for uh, Thriller. But do you know where he got that from? I mean, sometimes we think of, you know, all this art, this beautiful art that we hear and we say, oh man, like this is, this is beautiful. Like how they come up with this? But you know, music making, uh, just like movie making, and you know, is, is a collaborative effort and people pull from many ways. I mean, you can look at, you can dissect uh, Michael Jackson videos and, and dance routines and you can kind of see you know, and research and kind of see where he got this dance or this kick or this move or even a moonwalk from, you know, um, the greats pull that stuff all together and then they create their own persona from it. And um, and no different here. You know, um, Michael Jackson borrowed a line from this song. A trip, ain't it? The song is called So Makusa by an artist uh, from Africa, <clears throat> excuse me, a Cameroonian musician called Manu Dibango, um, who in 2009 uh, sued uh, both Michael Jackson, this is, Mike had been dead by this point, had died by this point, um, sued Mike, both Michael Jackson and Rihanna. As you know, she uses uh, this song in Please Don't Stop the Music. And I guess he was just like, hey, you ain't gonna keep, <laughs> you ain't gonna keep selling millions of millions of records using, you know, using my name, my sound, my creation, my art, my IP, and I can't get paid for it. But uh, yeah, they eventually settled out of court. Um, but you know, I mean, this is a groove, man. This is more than a groove. This is like, I don't know, man. You play that, and and the bad part about it is, I've heard that song before, but I just didn't you know, put the two together, you know, it's one of those songs like, you know, if you're not really um, familiar with it, it just kind of rings off as just another, you know, song with an amazing groove. So there you have it. 
that is the musical fact from this week. Oh, man, we used a lot of songs today. <laughs> uh, like I said, I had to edit everything down. And uh, so we're going to see how this turns out. Hopefully we don't get shut down by the man. But if we do, um, you know, it's all good. We'll, we'll find another way. We'll pivot. So, um, yeah. Hope you enjoyed. It. I hope you enjoyed that little little fact. Now you can go somewhere else and talk about it, like you've known the whole time, right? <laughs> Let's get it. And there you have it. Second episode of uh, what's your favorite song? As you can see, I recorded. <laughs> uh, shout out to Kami again. I recorded Kami first, but ended up using another one for the first episode. Obviously. Um, and you know the way Kami can get me back again is seeing me on that basketball court. Stop ducking me. I'm looking. I'm looking at you, Kami. Um, but only horse. I ain't gonna be. You know what I'm saying? I ain't gonna be playing defense and no nothing like that. Uh, hey y'all. You know, hopefully this can be a a better a listening experience than last week was. Uh, but you know, even with that two hour episode and full song, some people, uh, enjoyed it, you know, shout out to Bryce, shout out to Leandre. I appreciate y'all support. Um, and, uh, as well as the people who told me they were hearing entire songs, <laughs> shout, shout out to Paige, shout out to Tiff. And, um, but anyway, that is it. I'm not going to be here too long for you. We had 76 minutes. Ah, that's a little long, but. Uh, so anyway, uh, just I'm going to end this the same each week um, uh, with a quote from the great Quincy Jones, who said, let's not be so full of ourselves. Uh, let's leave space for God to enter the room. I'm out of here. What's your favorite song?